Spearsy here. This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by our longtime friends at HelloFresh. It's been a while since I talked about HelloFresh on the air, but never fear. I'm still a loyal customer and proponent of the best meal delivery service out there. And like I said before, it's made a big difference in my life. I finally learned how to cook and eat healthy. Uh, that's because HelloFresh has two full-time dietitians on staff who make sure everything you have in your box is balanced and healthy. And each box is now priced at under $10 each. Seriously, you're not going to eat better for less anywhere else with a different plan. Last time I talked about HelloFresh, I had just seen my doctor, and he was really happy about how he turned my health around. Well, I see him again in a couple weeks, and I can't wait to show him how HelloFresh has continued to help me. Anyway, you can order HelloFresh and save $30 off your first order. Just use the promo code RADICAL30. Go to HelloFresh.com, sign up, and use RADICAL30 when it asks for a promo code. If you have any questions or you want to know what kind of amazing meals I've been having, heck, I'll send you photos of the last meals if you want. Just email me at steve at sit80s.com. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old buddies. It's your pal, Spearsy. And B-Rab. And today we honor three more legendary albums from the 80s that are turning 30 years old. You know, Stallion, it's too bad. we got to get old, but... <laughs> uh, just keep punching, Apollo. Joining us today, she's heard every album released in 1987. This is a little-known fact. But only the kids' bop versions. It's Jen with one N. Hey, guys. That is almost true. <laughs> Devo 2.0. Totally. Just a quick reminder that Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Kids Bop Media... No, I'm sorry. The CLNS Media Mobile App. <laughs> Although the Kids Bop Media Mobile App would be pretty sweet. Yeah, but get your parents' If you had kids first. that still lived in your house. Aw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Send us pictures of dead presidents. So this is a format we've uh, we keep coming back to the well, but the reason is because there are still more albums that have been released in the eighties. Um, Thirty years ago, this month there was a lot of stuff out, and we're not going to hit maybe the highest of the high points, but I think we've got some good stuff lined up for you today. Yeah, I, I think we tried to pick albums that sort of spoke to us one way or another. I, I know I don't feel horrifically strong about my album pick. I don't even own it. I never owned it. But um, I'll still make a very good case for why you should listen to it. I picked something that would speak to Spearsy, basically. You did. I appreciate that. Because I am a toadying psychophant. <laughs> Brent, <laughs> Jen, do you have some connection to your album? I do, yeah. I, I owned the tape of this album. Um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, it, I, I'll explain later. I'll, I'll explain more later. But it, I did choose it for a very personal reason it's not it's not as exciting as it sounds but it's not wine isn't oh, either man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> stay you know tuned what? folks for an awesome show <laughs> coming in the back you half know, of the show 
I'll tell you what's exciting though. And this is the most unlikely thing I'm ever going to see on the podcast. Brad is actually winning on FanDuel in the private stuck in the eighties league. That's Congratulations, right, Brad. How do you like you me now? This? How do you like me now? You know nothing about pro football. Obviously, I know more than you. I guess so. Oh my god, we got, I got. Well, I'm in third place after week one. You're in first, first, second, third. You're in the top three. I think. I think what it is is we play a different game every week. So you won week one. So now we go to week two. Yeah, it's hard for me to get too uh, uppity about this, but uh, you know, hey, I'll take the what I think I made a buck on that. Don't think I won't yeah, I spend I... that on peanut M and M's and bark. Well, that's all beer. it costs. That's all it costs. One dollar is all it costs to 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 join any kind of contest not any contest but the contest that we set up on FanDuel yeah. FanDuel is the sponsor of the podcast as, as anyone who's listened to the last couple of shows knows and you can join for and put money in and play a contest with us every week for a dollar which is pretty cool and if you want to find it it's at www.sit80s.com backslash FanDuel that will take you to the special page that we set up on FanDuel. And then you've got to remember, too, when you sign up with FanDuel, if you use the promo code RADICAL, when you uh, make your first uh, deposit into the your account, you get a free entry into the Sunday Million Contest, I believe it's called. So, Steve, so, is it true that you're going to set up a high rollers league with $5,000 buy-ins? <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I, I can only if I'm in third place in this league and you're in first, then I can only imagine how how poorly our our competitors are at NFL knowledge. So I think we're playing with the right stakes right yeah, now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So anyway, I'd say so. Yeah, so go to sit80s.com/slash/backslash/fanduel to enter or uh, email us at podcast at sit80s.com if you need more information. We're happy to to, to lend you what little uh, expertise we have. Pick good the players. Meantime, there you pick, go. Pick good, I got cream because I picked the Bucks defense on all my teams last week, uh, and the Bucks defense gave up I think like thirty four points to Minnesota, ooh, and so ooh. hence I if I had a decent showing by the Bucks defense, I would have won. I'm just saying, if wishes were fishes, <laughs> yeah. Here's my wish, Brad. What album are you honoring from the fall of 1987? 1987 September. I give you the Smiths' final album, Strange Ways. Here we come. So that's stop me if you think you've heard this one before. I love this song off this album. It is just it's a little bit deeper sound for the Smiths. They're kind of messing around a little bit with some new instruments. They're adding some saxophone. They're adding some synthesizer stuff in, and I just I just love the um, the combination of the kind of sarcastic lyrics and the the musical sound of this. I like the fact that you can turn pretty much any Smiths song title into some sort of pun for a headline. So for That's a blogger true. like me, that's just great. I am. Um, you know, this song makes me wish I had listened to the Smiths more. I, and I do not understand why I didn't. Because, like, their whole vibe, their whole sarcastic, mopey vibe would have just... I would have... I don't know why I didn't connect with them for some reason. Maybe I didn't yeah, try hard enough. I don't think I owned the... Well, I know I didn't own it. I didn't own any Smiths albums, but um, I should have. I feel exactly the same way, Jen. Why? It's so weird. I don't know. I was too busy... 
being mopey than to go to go to the record store that week. I guess um, it would have been too ironic for us any yeah, of us to have owned this. Didn't have enough black T-shirts. That's it. Like I said, this is the Smiths' last album. Uh, if you listen closely, you can hear Johnny Marr and Morrissey ripping at each other's throats. It was recorded in March 1987. Marr left the band in July, and then the album was released in September after he left. Uh, they brought in a new guy to replace Marr, but he basically left after saying they just wanted another Johnny Marr, and I didn't want to do that. The lead single uh, from this album was Girlfriend in a Coma, which I know we're all familiar with because it's got that chipper, upbeat tune. <laughs> uh, and that was the last straw for Johnny Marr, um, or I should say the B-side of that was the, uh, the last straw. Um, in 1992, he told Record Collector Magazine, and I quote, Work is a four-letter word I hated. I didn't form a group to perform Scylla Black songs. As an aside, Scylla Black was an English pop star in the 60s. Yes, I had to look that up. I had no idea who she was. That was it, really. I made a decision that I was going to get away on holiday. The only place I could think of was L.A. L.A. was the only place I knew where there'd be sunshine, so off I went. I never saw Morrissey again. Wow. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's not true anymore, but at the time... No, they, they met yeah. up and seemed to recall some story within the last six months that I read where they had met up for coffee yeah. somewhere. They'd gotten together to, you know, do some scrapbooking, I think. Right. I think yeah. anytime they're spotted in the same city at the same time, the reunion rumors start to circle, but I think that's pretty much out of the question. Yeah, I think so too. So if you're not English, you might not get the title reference, but Strangeways is a high security prison in Manchester where the band is from. So that brings a little different meaning to the album title. It was recorded near Bath, England at the Wool Hall, which is a recording studio that was owned at the time by Tears for Fears. Uh, they recorded uh, songs from the big chair there. And I love this. I was digging through the old reviews. In 1987, the LA Times wrote, If Suzanne Vega is the current apologist for the joys of solitude, Morrissey is practically a one-man cottage industry advertising its utter torment. <laughs> That's good. And I'm like, wow, this is got Spears written all over it. Ah. <laughs> Which leads me to my second song, a little deeper cut. Steve, could you spin up a little bit of Last Night I Dreamt That Somebody Loved Me? Last night I dreamt That somebody loved me No hope, no harm Just another fall by the way, guys, uh, this album recorded near Bath, England. What other band from the 80s that we all saw perform live is also from Bath, England? Um, Wang Chung? Naked Eyes. Oh, sorry. Mm, I was going to say Wang Chung, too. I've been that, to Bath, England. Have you really? Yeah, we went a couple years ago on spring break with the kids. It was huh. fun. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing. Really cool. Seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Roman baths are amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> you have to go check it out. I drove to Bath, Maine today. Yeah, there's a bath in Maine. Mm, there is a bath in Maine. There's no bath in Florida. I took a shower <laughs> on every level. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I got to admit, yes, this Smithsburg band I didn't really um, connect with until years later. I mean, literally, when Kathy Wass was a co-host of the show. And she was leaving to go to Seattle, which was probably about 10 years ago. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's, she's since returned. But before she left, we did like one final show for her. Or we, we, we jammed in every 
show that she wanted to do before she left. So literally the like the four weeks before she left, every show was a Kathy Wash show, and one of them was a <laughs> was a Smith show. And Sean Daly hates the Smith so much that he refused to participate on that podcast. So. Oh, jeez. Oh, that would have been good radio. That's, that's I think you got to get the haters on there. So, oh my God! Speaking, speaking I got this total aside. Give it, give it. We got an email today. I don't know if you saw it, Brad, but we got an email that came in at four o'clock this afternoon, addressed to Steve and Sean. Oh, whoa! And it, was, it was a woman who she's like, "I'm sorry about my last email that it was cut short." But my boss walked in while I was writing it, and so I had to, to close it. So now I'm sending you a proper email. And so I went back to find the other email she sent, which I can't find. And it basically said, you know, oh, I love your show. I love how you and Sean are always fighting, and, and you're talking about uh, – and she's talking about topics that we talked about 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. And she said um, – she goes – she goes, well, you know, uh, you know, totally in love with you guys both, but platonically because obviously S- Steve is in a very serious and long-lasting relationship with VGF. Well, she is a <laughs> little bit behind in her shows. Give it another couple and, of weeks. She is and a little I didn't behind. Want, she's, like, she's like, she's she's so cool. I don't really want to inter- – I don't want to screw up your vibe. <laughs> I, was, I was reading. I'm like, should I write her back? I mean, I don't know what to do. She's, uh, she's so. like from the past, you guys. I don't know. It, it shouldn't be an email that someone wrote 10 years ago because the address has changed and there was no forwarding thing. So she could just be listening to shows that, you know, she's just 10 years behind. But anyway. No, no. I think she's, I'm proposing she's actually 10 years behind and there's some sort of space-time continuum thing happening. What was the domain of her email? The CompuServe? <laughs> there you go. You just proved my case. So you touched on this earlier that there are always rumors about these guys getting back together and it seems pretty much impossible that a real reunion would ever happen because there's just so much bad blood, not only between Mar and Morrissey, but also between the other two uh, original members who had to sue to get what they felt was their fair share of the royalties. Are, are there bands less likely to reunite? I have learned from this program that Journey <laughs> is that band. No, no, I'd say Journey might would re- reunite before uh, the Smiths would. Journey's running out of time, more so than yeah. the Smiths are. Um, Sticks probably with Dennis DeYoung. Okay, I don't see that ever yeah. happening? Oh, those are the only Abba. most common ones. Uh, maybe the original <laughs> lineup of UB40. I don't know. Or, or I tell you, a good one because they were just in the news this week. Um, New Order. Yeah, you're right because they just settled a they just settled a lawsuit yeah. too, didn't they? So I would say mm-hmm. they're probably the. I, I think I think the, with the right amount of time and the right amount of money, you know, any band can reunite. So we'll see. Anyway, I encourage you to give this album a spin. Uh, we'll put together a Spotify playlist with all the stuff on it, and you can enjoy it at your leisure. Jen, what is your album from 30 years ago that you're going to honor tonight? The album that I picked is by a little known band called In Excess, and their album is called Kick. something about you, girl That makes me sweat So how do you feel? I'm lonely What do you think? And think now What you can do Gonna live life How do you feel? I'm lonely So I... Do not have any historical facts or context to provide about this album. 
I just, I honestly, <laughs> I picked it because I just loved it. When it came out, I just loved it. And I loved In Excess. And you heard the song, Need You Tonight. That was probably my favorite song off of the album. I don't know. Something about it sounded so fresh and different to me. And I believe I was a, let's think about this, freshman in high school. So to nice. hear sort of the sexy sound was cool, you know, and it, but it was, it was very subtle, I think. And, and I, you know, my, Mr. Michael Hutchins, I mean, as Prince says, he's a sexy MF, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, I mean, but really like, <laughs> I I'm, not, think I do. I'm not an NX super fan, but I find myself listening to NXS all the time. It's, it's like one of my alarms on my phone. One of their songs is an alarm on my phone. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just, I, I, I love in excess, but I don't like know the other members of the band. You know, it's like Michael Hutchins. Yeah. And, and so apologies to anybody who is a super fan because that I should be really. Um, but yeah, Need You Tonight is such a cool song. Of course, New Sensation, I, I would guess is, was the biggest single from the album. Um, it might be Need You Tonight, actually. You think? You think? Or or Never Tear Us, Ap- Never Tear Us Apart might have been. I don't know. This was such a big album. It had a such lot of a singles. Big. Tons of singles. It, like you just mentioned, Never Tear Us Apart. Um, Mediate, which had the the um, video where he's got the signs like Bob Dylan. Although at the time, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. And then yeah. it, it took my dad to clue me in. I'm like, oh, what? wow, what an inventive video. My dad's like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, no. they must have blown all their budget on the other one, and so they just had some cue cards left for this one. Right, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's such a cool album. It's just, it. I, I love the sound. I love the cover. I mean, I don't know. Something about it just was so appealing to me, and it was one of those tapes that I would play from beginning to end, flip it over, play play it side B, and flip it over again. Yeah, this was huge. I mean, I, I saw this tour. Uh, it would have been my junior year in college. Um, this was, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. At the Fabulous Forum, one of many nights, you know, it's crazy. And Michael Hutchins, oh my gosh, so much stage presence. So much, yeah. I was very sad years, years later, as a lot of people were. Can you imagine how big they would be today if he were still alive? I got to imagine this band would still be very vital. Right I would now. like to think they'd be like Duran Duran big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'd kind of started to tail off a little bit, but I think they would have got it back. I do think they would have got it right. back. I think yeah, so too. I agree. You don't have someone like that as a as a front man and not, you know, come back to it. And then the other song I just wanted to play, have you played, uh, is Mystify because it's just like all of the songs are so cool in their own right. I think they all sound different. What I love about Need You Tonight is how um I mean, he says the word raw in it. That's the way that song sounds to me. Mystify <laughs> sounds spare to me. I mean, I don't want to use the word mystifying, but something something compelling okay. about it. I don't know. So, so something like mysterious, maybe? I don't know. It's like the, 
through it's kind every of ethereal. Yeah, kind and, of yeah. like through through maybe not every song in the album, but a lot of songs in the album. I felt like Michael Hutchins was was about to tell me something, you know. And if I just listened really closely, uh, I would yeah, like, like he's leaning in. He's yeah, got something for you. Exactly. That's cool. That's exactly. very cool. This is just a, a great album, and and like I said, I don't. I don't know. I got I got lazy with the Smiths, but I I to this day listen to a lot of In Excess without knowing very much about them. I will say this is not my favorite In Excess album. I still favor the Swing. I think the Swing is better top to bottom, but this is pretty strong and was my gateway to In Excess really. Yeah, I think it was a lot of people's, probably mine too actually. You know, we talk about bands that, you know, may or may not reunite. Obviously, they they can't reunite in the traditional form. But is In Excess one of the bands that you would be willing to experience if they were to find the right front man that could carry on the spirit, if not the voice, of Michael Hutchins? Absolutely. See, I would say no. I I, I feel uh-huh. like they would just be another band. I would prefer that they just call themselves another band. Like, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I know Michael Hutchins and then the people that make up the band In Excess. You know what I mean? It. I don't know. I I can't see it. I I guess I'm basing my opinion there on seeing Journey when they were touring before they had Arnel Pineda in the lineup. I can't remember the guy's name. He was only with the band for like six months. But I was... Yeah, it was Ajiri, yeah. And I was pretty skeptical, but he was good. He brought his own energy to it, and he didn't try, you know, obviously. I mean, famously, Arnel Pineda sounds just like Steve Perry, Mm -hmm. and Ajiri was not trying to do that, and it worked. It worked and it was fun and we had a good time. But, you know, so that's kind of my basis. It might not really translate band to band. I don't know. Here's a band you don't have to worry about reuniting. You just have to worry about them deciding to perform again. Uh, my pick for albums turning 30 is Rush, Hold Your Fire. Touched by the magical experience that is listening to the song Time Stand Still. So I'll tell you today when I listened to it and I saw the video, the camera person walks through the frame and I'm like, that looks a lot like Amy Mann. And suddenly I realized that's Amy Mann singing the woman's part on this. Like just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, weird. Yeah. It's one of these songs. Now Rush is a band that we have kind of a checkered history with here on Stuck in the 80s. Speaking of our old friend Sean Daly, he and I did a podcast. We went and we saw a Rush concert together, and I think we recorded a podcast afterwards, like uh, like I remember that, that same night or the next day. And it was just one of those like lazy Sean ideas where it's like, oh, we don't really need to have notes or a show idea. Let's just talk about the concert, and that'll be good enough. And so we did it. And no, no offense against Sean, although clearly I meant some there, but um. 
<laughs> a lot of the things we said really upset the longtime Rush fans who are listening to us, which was surprising to us in the sense that we did not know we had any long-term Rush fans that were listening to us. But we did we unless you are a a practically a historian of this band, you will never appreciate it to the extent that a Rush fan will give you credit for it. And so it is with great danger that I even try to approach describing this album. Um, I know there are people in the stuck in eighties nation who, who love rush uh, Curtis, my buddy from the eighties cruise is one of them. And I told him this morning, I'm like, okay, we're going to do rush. I'm going to talk about rush for a few minutes. You're going to talk about hold your fire. I could tell he was a little nervous and rightfully so. So Rush is a band I had given up on long before 1987. I think the last album I bought by them was um, Signals, you know, which had Subdivision and uh, New World Man. Oh, so good. Hold Your Fire comes out in 1987, September 8th to be exact. It is the 12th album, studio album by Rush at that point. Obviously, the big hit was Time Stand Still, which I think got to number three on the mainstream rock charts. And yes, it featured um, Till Tuesday vocalist Amy Mann. And she was approached by the band. And she had kind of heard of them. She knew of them. She maybe had listened to some of their work. Well, she was female, so she wouldn't be familiar. Yeah, exactly. She came in and she heard Getty. Getty Lee, the bassist for and vocalist for Rush, was playing through the song. And he was singing the Amy Mann parts falsetto. And she's like, well, what do you need me? Your, your falsetto is fantastic. Just sing it the way you're singing it now. And he's like, no, no, no. It needs to be another person. So she steps in. She records that part. They do that ridiculous video, which yeah, everyone – it's pretty silly. Even Rush would later admit that was a goofy video. The album itself was probably one of their least successful – it was, in fact, their least successful album of the 80s. It uh, peaked at only number 13 on the Billboard charts. It was the lowest debut for a Rush album since Hemispheres. Although, like all Rush albums, it did eventually go platinum. Despite its poor commercial performance, um, the songs that the band would still play live for years to come, Force 10, Time Stand Still, uh, and the song called Mission. A lot of people would consider this to be the last synth-driven album by Rush, um, which started with Signals. You could say it kind of started with Moving Pictures if you want to. But uh, this would be the last one. Their next album, Presto, which would be the last album of the 80s for Rush, much more power rock driven. Hmm. Okay. A lot of people came back to Rush after, after. At that point. Hold Your Fire. The um, the other song that from this album that I kind of like, I listened to it all today, and to be honest, I didn't connect with much of it. I really love this song, Time Stand Still. But if there's a deeper, if there's a deeper cut, it's this one called Lock and Key. Same idea here. Heavy on the synth, you know, same sound. The whole album has the same kind of sound. I never even heard the song Time Stand Still, though. Really? Maybe a couple years ago. Are you kidding me? No. Um, did you wow. ever see the documentary? Even I know this song. Yeah, well, a couple years ago. A couple years ago, the, the um, documentary um, Beyond the Lighted Stage came out about Rush. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I'm it's familiar fantastic. with it. It's fantastic. But it's on Netflix, I think, still. 
And I'm telling you, even if you're not a Rush fan, Jen. What do you mean? <laughs> if you give this documentary a chance, you will love the band. You will love the band. All right. I'll give it a shot. What's the name of the, what's the title of the documentary? Beyond the, Beyond the Lighted Stage. Beyond the Lighted Stage. All right. It's fantastic. It was done by Banger Films, which also did the uh, Flight 666 by Iron Maiden. I'm telling you, it's just a masterpiece in storytelling. But Time Stands Still kills me every time. And there was like this real mopey moment a few months ago. Well, which for me could happen at any given moment, right? I was listening to the song and I started reading the lyrics as I was doing it. And it just tore me up. Oh, man. The whole idea was Neil Peart, the drummer, uh, wrote this song at a time when he was kind of realizing that things were going kind of fast and he wasn't able to take time and focus on the pleasures in the moment at hand. Mm. And he w- he just kind of felt like he wanted to tap the brake a little bit. And so we have these lines like freeze this moment a little bit longer, make each sensation a little bit stronger experience slips away. The innocence slips away. And I'm listening to this song, Ooh. you know, and I, I'm this nostalgia guy. Yeah. This should be the theme song <laughs> I think for this podcast. <laughs> And but but I'm torn because it's like the moment that I want to hold on to are the moments from 30 years ago. The moments I'm experiencing now are the ones that I'm willing to let slip away. Hmm. And so I keep listening to the song and I keep looking like like I'm reading a math problem over and over again, trying to to see the obvious solution that everybody else sees, and I can't do it. And it just Ooh, ugh, man over and over again. I'm looking back, but I want to look around me now see more of the people and the places that surround me now, freeze this moment a little bit longer. This song kills me. And for that reason alone, I had to pick Ultra Fire from my song from 1987. Did I do a good job there? Was I, did, I, did I get the point across? Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, quite melancholy, so. but I don't think it was... That's what I was cool. Okay, that's Okay, fine. good. No, it's good. Then mission accomplished. Epically Spearsonian. Yeah, totes. I'm telling you, that's sincere. That's not a bunch of... Yeah, no, I believe Every time you. I listen to the song, I'm like, I get all teary and like, you know, my contacts get moisturized. Well, you know what it is? And I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not that familiar with the song. I think I might've heard it on like the oldie station, but, um, but it's, I, I experience this feeling a lot as a mother and it, and it, it's wonderful and it sucks. It's, it's awful and, and beautiful, but it's, it's that feeling of nostalgia in the moment. And it's, it's a difficult feeling. It's really hard because it feels so good. And yeah. it also feels so terrible because you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to pass. You know it's going to pass. The realization that something is happening that's amazing and it's not going to last yeah. very long. Oh, my God, Brad. You must be going through this right now with what you're going through. You're, both um, your kids are in college. You know, it's funny. I know everybody kind of wants me to feel that way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, part of it is, uh, well, not part of it, uh, most of it, 90% of it is that both of them seem to be doing really well, you know, and that makes me feel really good as a parent. So, um, yeah, that's great. What makes Brad cry is the fact that Cameron's made a bunch of friends and is working on projects and is having a good time at school. And Clara's doing great in, you know, she's only had like a week of classes, but she's met some people and she's got some friends in the dorm and she's, you know, engaging with some social stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, they're, they're doing it. They, they, you know, they don't need me to hector them to, you know, take a shower and eat food and go to class and do their homework. They're just kind of handling it. It's like, oh my gosh, how'd that happen? It's kind of amazing. Nice work. You get a nostalgia. You know what other moment I'd like to hold on to a little bit longer? The seggies. Nice. 
So it's Reader Mailbag. And uh, we found someone who's even more nostalgic for the moment than we are being right now. Kind of a little too candidly, maybe. Uh, it's never too candidly for a stuck in the 80s, right? Yeah. No, we love the candid. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's been a rough couple of weeks here for everybody. Oh, my God. Ron Raymond Jr., our benevolent 80s overlord from Maine, uh, wrote in. Should we let Jen read this one? Because from Maine. You, know, you guys are basically neighbors, you, you right? You know Don't what's you funny is we, yeah, well, we're friends on Facebook and we email each other or message each other uh, w- once in a while. I was I, We've never met. And I was going to go. He had an extra ticket to see the um, Retro Futura tour a few weeks ago. Okay. And I couldn't go. And I was so bummed because I was like, I wanted to go to that show so badly. And to have gone with like a fellow 80s um, connoisseur would have been really great. So your buddy Ron, who used to host a radio weekly show called uh, Stuck in 80s on WMPG in Portland for about 20 years, shared this story with us about after hearing our Teachers in the 80s episode. So Jen, take it away. Do you remember Song Hits magazine? Well, long before the interweb, there weren't many places one could find the lyrics to hit songs that weren't already on the inside liner notes of albums. So there was this monthly magazine called Song Hits, and they published the lyrics of current hits for rock, soul, and country singles. At the time, it was actually a popular magazine, and I bought this magazine whenever I could, which wasn't often. Somehow, I managed to get my hands on an issue during the summer of 1980, so I could read along to the songs while listening to Casey Kasem's American Top 40 countdowns. One of my favorite... Number seven. (laughs) Totally. One of my favorite memories of junior high school in Winslow, Maine, involved Song Hits Magazine, my favorite junior high teacher, and the Rolling Stones. I had my most recent acquisition with me in math one day, and before class started, a classmate wanted to look at my magazine. I was very protective of my Song Hits magazine, and though I was reluctant, I let him take a gander at it before class. Well, the class got underway, and he still had my magazine. Our math teacher, the late, great Robert Curion Jr., who passed away in 2013, noticed the magazine and walked to my classmate's desk, picked up the magazine, thumbed through the pages, and came across the lyrics to the newest Rolling Stone song, emotional rescue and then surprising everyone he started a straight reading of the song's lyrics is there nothing i can say nothing i can do to change your mind i'm so in love with you you're too deep in you can't get out you're just a poor girl in a rich man's house ooh 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 everyone in the class started laughing and he gave the magazine back I'll remember that moment forever and others like the last day of my freshman year when I convinced Mr. Q to pose for a photo with a boombox on his shoulder pressed against his ear. I still have that photo. He was a great man and a fun teacher. So glad to be caught up again on the podcast. Thanks for keeping the 80s revolution going well into the 2010s. Your main benevolent 80s overlord, Ron Raymond Jr. Wow. That is a a great story. Yeah, I'm smiling here so much that I think my face is going to (laughs) break. What? Seriously, like we don't even know you anymore, man. I know. It, it explains it's... a lot, though, because Ron also has a blog um, that I hope we can like link to because I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But he goes through and like dissects songs. I mean, he's the biggest charts nerd, and the fact that he was reading Song Hits magazine in 1980, like I think that explains a lot. It all kind of lines up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fact That's check so true. Cool, <laughs> yeah, and if Ron Raymond Jr. is listening to this. I'm thinking he should go to the Purple Brains concert in Portland, Maine for Halloween. So just putting that out there. I hear that's a good time. It is. You're all invited too. you know, not just Ron, everybody. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
If you have a letter, we'd love to get them. Just send them to podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the ever mysterious refrain that is, I want my, 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 want my what? I want my mystery TV theme song. Is that that's, what we call that's it? That's it. That you got it. Yeah. And three chances. Arg. Uh, you know this, uh, Segi, by now. We're going to play a snippet of a theme song from a TV show from the 80s. If you get it right, you are entered into a drawing for a bottle opener. By the way, I got to say this. I did actually make true on my um, uh, quest last weekend to look t- through my house for the missing 80s cruise trucker hats. I, I They exist somewhere here, and I cannot find them. And so now I am – the people – I think there's three people whose addresses I can find. I will send you a stuck-in-the-80s hat instead Ooh. at my expense. So look for that in the mail. Sweet. In the meantime, pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we did this seggy. Yep, that's Fraggle Rock. Yay! <laughs> I didn't watch this show. Down to Fraggle Rock. You know, I, I know. felt I felt really guilty after the Spencer for Hire thing. So I tried to, you know, I tried to put one out there that people would get. And uh, this, you know, it's a catchy little song. It's funny because I haven't heard or sang or thought about this song in 30 years but just grabbing like the first what is it four or five seconds of it i've had the whole song (laughs) running through my head for the last three weeks and i'm like i didn't know i knew the words to this song but i know the words to this song (laughs) oh yes i do (laughs) i'm looking through all the winners and you know who i don't see i don't see dave augie august and somebody accuses this week of uh, is he yep i see him and he splits he splits lines Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, he wins every week, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, always uh, there. He's the one guy who always makes the list. Anyway. My mom loved this show, so we watch it all the time. She just I think it was just the whimsy of it she thought was really funny. I, honest to God, don't know that I ever saw a, a complete episode. I don't know how it would hold up today. But at the time, you know, hey, standards were lower. There were only they, three networks. They still have cartoons today? Yeah, they do. They have Fraggle Rock, too. Do they really? No, they don't. They're not still making new Fraggle Rocks, are they? Mm, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I, actually, I'm going to have to go and look and see if I can find one of the old episodes just to see, you know, like I said, does it still hold I, up? I think so. I think they're cute and they're sort of a little bit tongue in cheek. But I, I remember a lot of my friends, yeah. little brothers and sisters watching this show. So it always sort of seemed to be on in the background whenever I went to yeah. people's houses. Yeah. yeah. That checks out. Brad, read the winners. Winners this week include Ed from West Seattle, Billy and Paducah, Joe in Michigan, Isis Nice Chris, Dave Augie August, DJ and Clinton, Dave Parrott, the man known only as Rowan, Canuck and Callie, Tim in Toadsuck, Steve in Ventura, your main benevolent 80s overlord, Ron Raymond Jr., Bernie the Dutch Oven Lindemann from Sydney, Australia, Tom Corn in Austria, Brent White, John Hayes, Aaron S. from Burnaby, British Columbia, Chase Wash in Beaver Creek, Brian Hunt, Jose Sierra, Anfield Albert, Aaron Jones, Jeremy in St. Pete, Florida, The Unsinkable Molly Jones, Alex Peter, Carlos M. Hernandez, and Peter Ryan. Spin the wheel, Brad. Let's find out who won. Spin the wheel. Get check. Oh, it looks like it's going to land on... 
Ah, Anfield Albert. You are this week's winner. Anfield Albert, are you uh are you a Liverpool football club fan? Or is it some other Anfield? I don't know. That'd be great. Anyway, Let us know when you send us your mailing address. Yeah, yeah. Send us your mailing address to podcast at SIT80s.com. In the meantime, um, pay attention. Here's this week's TV theme song picked out by the one and only Jen with one N. If you know it, email us at <laughs> podcast at SIT80s.com. Insider jokes not included. We'll be right back after this commercial break. To America's best as they look to Australia and the America's Cup Challenge. And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. I thought it's time to play our old favorite game. What's your 80s obsession? Jen, what's your 80s obsession? So my 80s obsession this week comes with a little story. I'll keep it brief. In Maine, we have a little rink, a roller skating rink called Happy Wheels. And I have been there many times. (laughs) And I actually went this past Sunday. My daughter's friend was celebrating her seventh birthday. So naturally I went and got a pair of skates and skated around and loved it. It's so fun. I, yeah, it was awesome. Nice. So I skate over to the side and I see a fellow mother and she's got the most amazing roller skates, which she's taking off of her feet. So these, these things are turquoise. The wheels and the stopper are what I can only describe as hot purple. It's like this magical mix of like pink and purple, but it's like, (laughs) but it's not quite magenta. It's just, it's a color that doesn't exist (laughs) except for on these skates. Pantone has not yet categorized this color. Exactly. Exactly. And the laces are gold. So I skate over to this fellow mom. Yeah, I know. I skate over to this fellow mom and I'm like, what is this? And she's like, well, I just bought these new skates. I got them on, you know, I got them online and I just tried them and they're not comfortable on my ankle. And I was like, really? <laughs> she said, yeah. yeah. What? And, I, and, I, and she's like, would you be interested? And I was like, if there's, what size are they? And she says, you know, seven and a half my size. So I'm like, let me try them on. So I take off the rink skates. I put these skates on and I, I go around for a few songs. And there's songs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she I, skates out the door and leaves her daughter there and bye. steals the skates. <laughs> She'll get home. Um, yeah. So I, so I skated and I, well, I wanted to make sure if like I was if considering purchasing these that they were comfortable and they were like fine. And then I realized, wait, these are brand new skates. Like the reason my other skates were so comfortable is 5,000 feet had been in them before breaking them in. in. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sure these skates are fine. So I skated back to the mom and I said, listen, I think you should try these again. Like give them another try, wear thicker socks or something, but you you should try them at least a couple more times before you give up. However, should you decide to, to get rid of those, give me a call. I'll buy them from you. So I'm now in, I, I was like doing the math and I was like, okay, if I go to Happy Wheels 90 times and don't rent the skates and, and just buy these skates, I'll have broken even if I go 90 times, which is just five times a year for the next six years. And I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I haven't done the math, math here. So problematic. How much does she that's want? Problematic. I think she said 80, something like that. That's fair. Yeah. That I mean, they're not yeah. like, but I was just, you know, being silly. But so anyway, I was like, these, these things will pay themselves off in six years. 
Um, no problem. And you could deliver food on them at Sonic. And I could make some extra cash and I would like probably decrease that to four years so fast. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no th- these skates are amazing. And now I'm actually at the point where I'm like, maybe I'll just buy them, <laughs> like buy my own pair. I don't know. That's funny. Anyway, you guys, these skates are amazing. I have, I have a pair of skates like those. They're silver with blue wheels. Really? And you- I wore them like, yeah. Do you still have them, Steve? Do you oh, still yeah. have them? Yeah, yeah. They're indoor outdoor skates. Nice. They're downstairs in my garage right now. When's I, the last I, time you skated on them? Uh, ten years ago. <laughs> I skate. You skate. You know what's Let's cool get though? Together and there's a, a skating there, well, team. I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast. There's a old timey roller skating rink that's within walking distance of where I live. That's awesome. Semaron you need to check skating. it out. I saw video. They have eighties night like every week. Whoa. This is foreordained. Okay, and he, here's the deal, guys. As, as was told in the prophecy. I am being forced to go to Disney World with my family in November. Yeah, right. And so I think Steve and I should go roller skating. Yeah. Right? But will you be here on a Saturday night? That's when 80s night is. Well, can't we or just go and request know. 80 songs one after the other? Here's a shiny new $20 bill if you just play Aria Wagon all night. I'm going. You're going. We're all We're going. All going. Well, you know what? They they wind up playing 80 songs between Taylor Swift songs anyway. I mean, we'll make it happen. Yeah. We'll make it. Happen. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. It's funny because my daughter, right before she left for college, went roller skating with a bunch of her friends, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, Dad, it was so much fun, and the people were so nice, and there are these old people there, and they were really good." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's because they've been They're doing really that good. stuff they since like they were 12." On. Yeah. Yeah, and they, those are the people that have lights time. on underneath. Oh, that's funny. So, Brad, what is your 80s obsession? My 80s obsession this week is a little movie called Table 19. So, I know 80s Nation hates a remake. If you want to invoke rage in the 80s Nation, you say, hey, they're remaking, insert John Hughes movie here. And if I said to you, hey, guys, they're remaking Breakfast Club, you'd draw and quarter me, and that would be the end of it. Right. But Table 19 is a... It's not a remake. It would never it's just it just isn't, but it is an homage in a lot of ways to the Breakfast Club and it plays out really well when you kind of have that in mind. The premise is table 19 is the table off in the corner at the wedding uh, reception where kind of, you know, all the odds and ends end up. If you've ever set up a wedding, you know that there's always this group of people you're like, I don't even know why these people are coming, but okay, we'll seat them over here in this corner and let them figure it out. So that's what this movie is about. It basically covers the, you know, the the reception of this wedding and these these misfit strangers who are thrown together for an afternoon. There are a lot of parallels, obvious uh, and less obvious, to what goes on in the Breakfast Club. The character makeup and the some of the situations they find each other in, and uh, it's just it was a lot of fun. Now I will grant you, I saw it on an airplane, so you know sometimes you're a little more uh, open to entertainment in that situation because you're just looking for something to fill the time. But I really like this. It has 24 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is so interesting because the cast is amazing. It's uh, Craig Robinson, Lisa Kudrow, Stephen Merchant. These are funny people. Anna yeah, Kendrick. Uh, Anna Kendrick. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I liked it. If, if you hate it, then fine, whatever. I enjoyed it. I, it was a movie that my friend Miles pointed me towards, and he basically said to me, I think you'll like this. And he said the same thing. Uh, you know, the critics have kind of ripped this one apart, but I thought it was pretty fun. So check it out. I'm going to try it. I'll try, it. try it. Sure, why not? You say it's I'll, a, I'll where let, can I find it? Is it on uh, Netflix or Amazon or... I'm not sure. It was just on the airplane, so it might not be in the streaming window so yet. But let airplane. me find out. So, yeah. so you need to take a trip someplace. Uh-huh. It, it is available for rent on Amazon Video. It's like five bucks. Okay. Well, there we go. 
So here's my 80s obsession. So for years now, you know, there's I have gaps in my 80s movie knowledge because either I was too old to properly see a movie in the 80s, like The Goonies or E.T., or for some reason I just kind of skipped a chapter um, for no apparent reason. And one of those examples would be Big Trouble in Little China. I have never seen this movie. And wow, when Hurricane Irma hit Florida... One of the things it did was it knocked out my power for three days, which was lovely. But then it knocked out – after the power came back, I still didn't have cable or internet for a week. So I was <laughs> <laughs> I was confined with – I could watch any DVD that I owned or anything that I had on my DVR, but that was it. And so after watching Blue Chips, the basketball movie with Nick Nolte like five straight times over five <laughs> straight days, uh, I don't know why. It just It was so – it's easy. Because it was on my it's DVR. In the tray. It was there. Play. No, it, was, it wasn't even a DVR, DVD. So I started looking through my 80s DVDs that I had never seen that are still in the wrapper that I bought because I knew that someday I would need to watch them or use music, uh, you know, audio clips for the show. And there was big trouble in Little China. And so last Saturday, I, I stuck it in there and I had no, nothing else I could do. And, um, I watched it for the first time and I really, really liked it. I mean, yeah. I get what people say now about it. I mean, I understand why people like it. You have to sit there and watch the whole thing. But um, it's is it dated? Sure. You know, are the yeah. special effects a little corny? You bet. But, you know, suspension of disbelief and um, it works out okay. I really <laughs> – I had a great time. It was like the highlight. The highlight of Hurricane Irma for me was watching Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, it's That's a funny. it's a fun movie. I, I remember reading, I don't know, it was probably a year ago now, but there was an a, a short oral history about it in uh, an issue of Entertainment Weekly. Oh, nice. That was that was really fun. Yeah, if if you can find it online, it's worth reading. It's not very long, but it sort of you know gives a little background of the casting and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing a thing. Um, basically, they said you know Jack Burton thinks he's the hero of this movie, but he's actually the sidekick. Right. And that just cast this light on. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> like yeah. I never could have put it that succinctly. Right. It is. It's an unlikely movie in so many ways. Also, though, guys, what a great title! Like, I love that title so much. Yeah, yeah it is pretty good. And they, never, I don't think they ever say it in the movie, but it's implied. Because well, the there's a lot of trouble. Who, yes, it's true. Right. Oh. And there, and the woman who's writing the story for the newspaper, she's they're like, "What are you going to call it?" She's like, "I don't know yet." And of course, you're like, "Big trouble." <laughs> <laughs> You're like yelling at the screen. I got a hot tip for you, lady. <laughs> hey, we had a great time reviewing some of our favorite albums from the fall of 1987. If you have one, email us at podcasts at sit80s.com. Don't forget to join the private FanDuel League. In the meantime, Jen, myself, Jack Burton, and Brad in LA, along with the members of Rush, as time stands still, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.